the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Hi, everybody. Pastor Scott here in the Pastor Scott Show and uh, stepping in just a little a little tardy, it seems like today, but it's always good to be with you. It's always good. You know, as a pastor, I always realized, you know, when I was in charge of things, it's, I'm never really late because it can't start until I get there, right? So uh, that's how we are today. But uh, I apologize for that because actually I know we're about a minute off, but we're working on that. Great to be with you today as we are each and every day from three to five. Thanks for hanging out with us here today. You know, one of the things as a pastor that you do is you do a lot of counseling and you do different kinds of counseling for different things, but there was always the marital counseling. And, you know, sometimes that went really well. Sometimes it's rough because a lot of the time people come to you and by the time, you know, a couple comes to the pastor, they resort to the pastor, it's it's over almost, right? It's in a bad place. And sometimes that counseling is stuff that you can work out, but other things sometimes come out in the counseling and often it was domestic violence and there's something really terrible going on. And I've got some scary stories uh, with that. And I know that there's a lot of people maybe you know, or maybe somebody listening and you're in a relationship right now where you are suffering from domestic violence or you know somebody. What do you do about that? Even as a pastor, that was one of the things that would come across is like, oh, what do I do? I've discovered this is a lot worse than I thought. With me to talk about this is Erin Lind. She is the program coordinator for an organization called the Sheepfold in Orange County. Erin, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hey, thanks for being here with us, and thank you for uh, for what you do. You know, one of the things that I found, and I know that you see this all the time, is that it's very scary to acknowledge that you are in an abusive relationship. And so often it it's something that for women mostly, but sometimes men, it's something that you you think is just going to get better or you are afraid to do something about it and uh, you don't. Why is it so difficult for that? I think it's, you know, I think it's really embarrassing Mm. to, to acknowledge that you're in a relationship where that's happening and occurring. Um, A lot of women also, and I'll say this, I approach it a lot from women being the victims because that's who I work with mostly is, um, they're, they don't believe that what they're experiencing is domestic violence. Um, they may not have actually been hit or, you know, had any physical incident and, but there's a lot of other factors going on. And so, it happens quite often where we'll get a phone call and, you know, a woman will be sharing so many different things about what's been happening in her home or in her relationship. And, you know, the next line out of her mouth will be, but that's not domestic violence. Right. right <laughs> and it's, right. it's really hard because yeah. you want to be really cautious um, that if they don't think it is, you don't want to like put that in their mind either, right. but you also want to acknowledge that, you know, in a court of law or in a lot of situations that would be considered 
domestic violence or a newer term that's being used is coercive control. Right. And, um, and so it, it is, it's a fine line. We have a lot yeah. of those conversations of really just helping um, women specifically kind of flesh out what is going on and what does that look like? Right. And yeah, there's so um, much, there's so much to it, Aaron. Aaron, how did you get involved with, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get involved with the sheephold and in this kind of ministry? Mm-hmm. So it was definitely a God thing. I grew up in a home with zero domestic violence, zero conflict. I, you know, I'd heard about domestic violence, but it wasn't something that really had crossed my radar. Um, I was working in the higher ed field and um, one of the board members here reached out to me. I knew his kids. I used to do youth ministry and he was like, are you looking to change careers? And it was for the volunteer coordinator position here. And I was like, not really. <laughs> and ended up getting the job and falling in love with it. And over time, um, our director here, John Wildman, was kind of like, you know, I think you are better suited to work, you know, with the women and doing intake. And so that it kind of just evolved. And I do intake. I do. Um, I'm also a legal advocate here. So I go to court with our residents. Mm. And it's just been something that um, God's put on my heart and I've just grown a passion and a love for this population. And, uh, they're some of the most courageous women I know. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just honored to get to be part of their lives. You know, there are so many, um, like you said, it's, it's private and it seems embarrassing, but it's mm-hmm. important, uh, for, for women to, to do something. If somebody's listening right now and she's in a, whether she defines it as domestic violence or whatever, mm-hmm. but she knows it's not healthy, right? That yeah. she knows there's something wrong. Uh, and yeah. it might take a long time to get there. What does she do? And, you know, she's afraid maybe to go tell the pastor or afraid to tell even a friend, or maybe there's a friend who knows, but yeah. what does she do? How does she take that step um, to say, I, this has to change? Yeah. Um, there's a few resources I would encourage, um, her to call, um, they, she can always call us, even if you're not from California or from Orange County, um, you're welcome to call us and talk to us. And we're always happy to have a conversation. Um, there's also, um, a book that we actually have our residents go through. It's called when love hurts. And I have a copy of it here. Mm-hmm. You can and see that if you're watching on from a, Yeah. It's not from a faith perspective. Um, but it has kind of checklists to go through in stories um, to kind of see what might actually be going on in the relationship. Yeah. Um, when, and, you, yeah. when you talk about checklists, you know, maybe one of the questions some people would have is, and you, you talked about how people might deny that they're in that kind of relationship, mm-hmm. right? So how, yeah. what are the warning signs? How would somebody know, uh, am I in a abusive relationship or what, what should mm-hmm. I look at? What would the checklist be for that? So really it's about understanding what domestic violence is or coercive control. Um, so if you have a job and you don't see your paycheck, um, your spouse or your partner controls that, that is, you know, abuse. Um, if someone, if you're not free to, uh, you know, I think in relationships, there's a lot of, like if you're just not allowed to participate in the family business Mm -hmm. and you don't get to see what's yeah. in the bank account, or you don't get to look at the yeah. statements, those kinds of yeah. things. Yeah. If, if you've been isolated from your friends and family, um, he may just, you know, not like them and not want to spend time with them. And 
and keeps you away from everybody who's a resource for you, that's a sign. Um, if you know, you're given a budget of $100 to buy groceries for your family for an entire month, and if you go over, there's consequences to pay. Um, that's, you know, not, that's not healthy either. And what kind of consequences are we talking about? Physical abuse or penalties at home? Uh... Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it, it kind of ramps up to physical. We kind of show it as a, the wheel of power control. And usually the physical aspect is really, in most cases, the last piece of the puzzle. Hmm. So, and we talk about this as, you know, the question comes up, why don't they leave? Why do they stay in this relationship? And the reality is by the time the physical abuse actually starts, um, they've been so manipulated and so controlled to believe that they're worthless and they're powerless and that they're, they're idiots and they can't make decisions for their family. And, they, they don't, they have no resources. They've been isolated and they really have no options at that point. And we see so many women that they're so desperate or he's like left the home and now they don't know what to do, but it's so overwhelming for them to make that decision to leave because he has all the power. Mm-hmm. He has all the control. He, you know, they don't know how to write a check sometimes or pay the credit card bill, or they don't know how to do any of that. And Um, so it it is really, really difficult for them to get out. And so, you know, we often see it when things have kind of exploded, maybe the police have gotten involved or child protective services has gotten involved and, you know, we're, we're seeing it at these extreme times, but reality is there's so much more that has led to that. Um, and that extreme situation is just kind of the end all be all, and sometimes that's when they will get out is when yeah. it gets really extreme. Yeah, that so. and that happens quite a bit. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show. My guest is Erin Lind. She is from a ministry in Orange County called The Sheepfold, and she's the program coordinator there. And at The Sheepfold, they work with women and uh, children also who are in abusive uh, relationships. It's a home for these women. How often do you see women, uh, and tell us a little bit actually about The Sheepfold first, mm-hmm. and you know what happens at uh, the ministry that you're the program coordinator for? Yeah, so we've been around for 44 years, and we are not an emergency shelter. Uh, we're what's considered transitional. Mm-hmm. And so the women apply. Um, we have houses in Orange County and Riverside County, and each mom and her kids get their own bedroom. It's fully furnished, and the program's completely free of charge to them. So we provide for all their needs while they're here. And while they're here, they get a lot of support. We're faith-based, we're Christian. And so there's daily Bible study, church on Sundays. And we're not um, forcing any of them to believe what we believe, but we do incorporate um, Jesus into everything we do. Yeah, it's part of the program. How long does the program last? What's it like? Yeah, so the first part's designed to last for six months. And then after that, they can apply to go to one of our apartments and that is um, designed to last for another six months to a year. Now so you have your you know, own apartments at... that you, that you guys own or that you uh, yep. lease or something. Uh, we own them. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we have multiple properties that um, we we own, and um, you know our moms are able to stay there, and it's all secure and all confidential locations, so nobody knows um, what we do there. Yeah. It's a very scary world that uh, these women are living in. Mm-hmm. Um, one time I was counseling uh, this couple. They wanted to be, they were brand new to the church. I'd really never met them other than hello on a Sunday. 
and they wanted to get married, but they were already living together, and they'd lived together for several mm-hmm. years at this point, right? So it's part of the counseling. I'm saying, you know, well, why aren't you married? What's the deal? Yeah. You know, he was very talkative and just blah, 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 which is unusual, and she wasn't saying anything. And she mm-hmm. was just kind of looking down, and and I just knew there is something very wrong here. Mm-hmm. And I got to the point where I asked her out outright if he's hitting her. And uh, mm-hmm. it was very clear she was abused and forced even to be in this meeting. Uh, mm-hmm. And he got violent. He threatened to kill me. He threatened to kill her wow. right there in the meeting. And, huh. you know, I let her go, and I said, they drove separate cars, fortunately, right? And I said, mm-hmm. you drive somewhere safe, friend's house or something, you call me later. And yeah. uh, she did, and we took care of her. Um, but he, he was so frightening that we actually locked down the offices and stuff for a couple of weeks because I thought, wow. you know what, I'm not going to not tell people that there's a threat here. Yeah. Uh, and so a lot of the women and families, even kids that you're dealing with, are the most violent, uh, either actually violent or or very potentially violent men. Yes, yes. We, you know, God has been so good and protected our ministry um, I can think of one time in the 11 years I've worked here that an abuser showed up at our office. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately that family, uh, he, they were very connected to church. And so yeah. he, you know, we were kind of the first place yeah. he thought to look. Um, but you know, no one's ever found our homes. Um, so we're super thankful for that. Um, but yeah, we, I mean, Abusers can be anybody. So we have uh, clients in the past whose husbands have been um, police officers, mm-hmm. uh, pastors, yeah. firefighters, yeah. Um, judges, politicians, all these people, and also everyday normal people, right? Right. <laughs> um, and and so you don't know what they are capable of. Um, and, you know, really that time when a woman leaves or is thinking about leaving is really, really dangerous. That's the most likely time that she will get murdered is when she's leaving that situation. And so we do have a lot of precautions around um, even our office. We've got security and we got all kinds of stuff. Um, And, you know, just to be careful and, and to, and just, we have to be aware that, you know, these people that basically the thing that they've been able to control this entire time has left. Yeah. And now they don't know what to do. Um, so, you know, again, thankfully we haven't seen any of that. Um, but we, you know, we've seen some outbursts at court. We've seen, you know, things of that nature and that's why we go with them. Yeah. It's Um, so important. And I think good for people to hear that you don't have to go by yourself. I used to go, I've been to several court appearances for people and they are frightening there, right? Or or maybe that's the first time they've actually seen the guy since uh, all this, you know, happened. Uh, So if I'm listening to this and I'm saying I'm not maybe in one of these relationships, but I know somebody who is, or my close friend or my Mm -hmm. family member is, you know, how do you help that person? How do I help my friend who is in this kind of relationship? Yeah, I think big picture, being patient and listening and believing them, it, it's often going to be hard to believe because often yeah. abusers are very likable, very charming. Right. Um, you know, you didn't get in into public, the relationship because you thought, oh, this guy's going to abuse me. He's charming, mm-hmm. right? He knows the right words yes. to say. Exactly. And so um, just really being supportive, um, maybe reaching out to a few support services for them and kind of now nav- helping them navigate that. 
Um, you also, as a friend or family member, can call us um, or the National Domestic Violence Hotline number and have a conversation. A lot of times we know of resources in different areas um, that may be helpful. Um, there's also a quiz you could maybe have that person take. We have one on our website. I believe the National Domestic Violence um, Hotline has one as well that are kind of signs um, of what might be leading to an abusive relationship. Yeah. And so just having, you know, you can even take it for yourself and you can start asking those questions, you know, oh, like, do you have access to your financial, you know, accounts or, you know, has he ever forced you to do something that you want to do? Um, we do see abusers, um, you know, forcing women to use drugs or alcohol. Um, there's, there's a lot of ways that coercive control or abuse can happen. Yeah. So um, it's about also as a friend or family member, educating yourself if you think that something's going on um, so that you can kind of ask the right questions, um, but really being patient with them. Statistically, a woman will leave seven times before she leaves for good. Um, and that's really difficult on family and friends to, right. to wait that out and to watch them go back and to go back. Well, there's um, so much to it, right? That you feel, uh, you feel maybe like you're a failure or you feel like I can work this out or maybe God doesn't want me to, yeah. you know, maybe this is wrong, yes. right? There's so much there to that. Yeah, it definitely, I would say sometimes the hardest people, I don't want to say to convince, but the hardest people to have those conversations with are people who come from, you know, pretty devout backgrounds of faith, mm -hmm. um, whether that be Christianity or Islam or those kinds of things, because, you know, religiously, we tell you like, no, like you should never, ever leave your spouse. Um, and, you know, it is, it's a hard conversation to have. And yeah. So just being supportive, encouraging them to get resources That's um, right. We're, and being patient with them. Yeah. So what's the best place for people to go? Your website, uh, tell us your website and what are some things that people can find on there? Sure. So our website is www.thesheepfold.org. And it, you know, we have a lot, we have the quiz on there for people to look at. We have, you know, how does domestic violence impact children? Um, what does the cycle of violence look like? You know, so a lot of yeah. educational pieces, um, how people can get involved volunteering and supporting the ministry. I believe we even have our Bible studies that our moms go through on there that our founder wrote. Um, so just a lot of resources for um, people going through domestic violence, but also those who are looking to help and support um, and be, you know, the hands and feet of Jesus to these families that so need our support during that difficult time. That's right. Uh, it's the sheepfold, F-O-L-D, the sheep, as in the animal, fold.org. And uh, you can, I, I looked at it on my screen, but also on my phone. It works really well on a phone, and you, you people might feel like they need some more privacy to go to a website like this, right? So mm -hmm. uh, I would encourage you to do that. Hey, Aaron, thank you for uh, being with us today on uh, the Pastor Scott Show. It's such a huge topic, and for what you're doing and helping uh, women and families, uh, it's a really big deal. Is there anything else you'd like us to know? We just have a few seconds left. No. 
thank you so much for letting me share. And if you guys, if anyone has questions, you're welcome to call and, and talk to us. We're happy to, we're happy to help. All right. You can connect at the sheepfold.org and the phone number and everything is on there. The phone number will just tell you it's 877-743-3736, 877-743-3736. It's a great ministry to know about. Even if right now you're saying, well, I don't really know anybody. You know what? You probably do know somebody and maybe you just don't know yet. Uh, unfortunately, it's it's kind of a big deal. Uh, Aaron, thank you for being with us and thank you for what you do at the Sheepfold. Thank you so much for having me. All right, great. Thank you very much for being with us. This is the Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back in just a couple of moments. You can watch us live at kkla.com. You can always get the podcast too of this episode and any episode. Just go to your favorite podcast app, look for the Pastor Scott Show podcast, click subscribe, click subscribe and uh, follow along. We'll be back as the Wednesday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Pastor Scott Show. 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. And I hope that you are having a uh, pleasant afternoon. It got cold, right? It's uh, getting to that time of year. Cold to me. Right. I, I, you know, to me, I think if it gets under 60, I'm freezing. And uh, I don't really know what it's like to be in serious cold. I've never been in any place or any environment where the idea of below zero even comes up. Some of you have been there before. I, I don't even, how can you have like below zero heat? Have you been there, Jose? You understand uh, what I'm talking about? What is that like? What's below zero? Yes, I, I, I've been through it. I lived in, I don't hear you. Go ahead. And um, yeah, the, yeah, I'm not hearing you, Jose. The, uh, but uh, Jose's been to, maybe maybe what it's like in in below zero is you can't hear. Yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> maybe maybe the audience is hearing you, but I don't hear you. We're you know uh, anyway. You know the closest was one time I went skiing and I went to it was a big bear and they said at the top of the mountain that the wind chill was negative seven, but it was really like 22 degrees or something like that. So that's the, and I was only up there for a second. Right. So I, I just dropped down there. Anyway, cooler day today. I got it. You know, are you putting up your Christmas tree? Have you already done it? We already have. Here's the question for you just for fun. Fake tree or real Christmas tree? You know, is do you like the fake Christmas trees or the real Christmas trees? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. It is uh, yesterday the White House Christmas tree actually blew over. Like it fell down, the hole decorated the outside one, not one of the ones on the inside. You know, nobody who lives there fell on it or something. But it, uh, the outside one literally blew over in the wind and crashed down, and they had to lift it back up so that they could get their, um, their, uh, their Christmas tree lighting done. And, uh, but that's a real tree. I think they, they cut it down somewhere, right? And then they bring it uh, to the White House and there's some kind of ceremony where they prop that thing up. And uh, anyway, that collapsed. And uh, real tree or fake tree? F, uh, 888-528-2557. We have a fake tree, which uh, I like the fake tree because this fake tree, because it's easy. I've had fake trees that are very difficult. And what I like most about it is the lights are already attached because putting Christmas lights on a tree is uh, not a place where where Pastor Scott is very holy. It's not a place where when I'm putting, I scare my wife. There's two things that really bother my 
my wife where I scare Christy. One of them is when I'm putting Christmas tree lights on, and the other one is when I'm trying to hang blinds or something in the house. And uh, I don't know what it is, but the the work that the Holy Spirit needs to do on me for self-control of my mouth, that uh, that goes away. There's just, uh, it is a very unholy moment. So uh, she's very happy also that there are lights already on the tree that are there. And, but I have to say, I like the smell. I like the smell of Christmas and the real tree in the house. And I know the needles fall off and there's things to clean and, and, uh, but the smell of coming in the house and you get that great pine tree or whatever trees, you know, smell that is there. That's, that's great. I love that. We've, we haven't had a real tree for a few years now. Um, you know, economically, when you go and you, you might spend more money on the tree that's fake the first year. But if you get that for a few years, it actually does save you money, right? Because you're not always buying the fake tree. Um, last time we had a fake tree, and I think one of the reasons that Christy doesn't like the fake tree, and, and this is really my problem, or like, she doesn't like the real tree, is because the real tree doesn't make it out of the house very quickly after Christmas or after New Year's or after President's Day. It sticks around for a long time and because uh, it's one of those things that I'll get around to it. Uh, one year, Christy decided to get around to it for me. I think this is the last time we had a real tree. And I came home from work and I walk in and the tree is sort of there, but not there. What's happened is all of the branches that she could reach with the tree clippers were removed. And the only part of the tree that was still there as far as the branches and the greenery goes was the very top. It looked like a Q-tip standing up in the living room, uh, this large green Q-tip. And <laughs> she was so tired of that tree that she cut off all the branches and she was about to just carry it out. Uh, I inherited this from my dad because my dad used to leave. We'd have the tree in the house forever. And then it would just get tossed in the backyard. And then uh, we had this garage that was detached from the house where I grew up in. And my dad, for whatever reason, and I don't know why this is, I don't know why we did this. It, maybe there wasn't like a, a service. Maybe you have to haul it to the dump, cost money. There's some reason, right? My dad would toss the dead tree, the old Christmas tree, behind the garage. And over the course of a few years, we had, there was just this little area behind the garage. I guess, you know, it was sort of wasted space otherwise. And there was uh, five or six dead trees back there <laughs> just sitting there. And we didn't do anything about that. That just stayed there for, for many years until one year on the 4th of July, we had a bunch of people over and in the driveway in front of the, the garage, we were lighting fireworks like you do. And we had one of those spinny flower things. You know what those things are? That, that little tiny thing, it's, you know, it looks like a little tube. Is that what, it's not the color wheel. It's like, it doesn't spin like a pinwheel. You, you put it on the, it used to be this little pink tube and you'd put it on the ground and light the fuse. And then it would spin really fast, and it was called a flower of some kind, right? And it would change colors, and it would kind of bounce around, and it was fun. Well, this one, it, it decided – it's spinning really fast, right? It decided to launch itself. What's it called? Yeah, the flower. Right? Okay, it's just the flower. So, And it decides to hover, though, like a UFO, and it hovers up in the air, and then it takes off and goes over the garage. And we're all standing there. Assuming that this thing just landed on the bunch of old, dry, dead Christmas trees that are back there. <laughs> and we were seriously, literally, my dad and me and anybody who knew those trees were back there. We were waiting for a fire just to erupt from the back. And it probably burned out because after that, we got motivated to move the trees. And we did. And we found it. It did land in the trees. It was underneath it. 
So uh, it must have burnt out before it actually hit. But that motivated us finally to get rid of the trees. Um, my mother and I one time, and I think this is the reason, great memory I have of my mom in Christmas time, is she was so tired of the tree that she and I burned it in the fireplace. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And I remember sitting there tossing in the branches as we clipped them off into our fireplace. And the neighbors and then later my dad coming home from work said there was so much black smoke coming out of our fireplace, they thought the house was on fire. And uh, that's the only time we ever did that. So do not burn your Christmas tree in the fireplace. Husbands, make sure you take the, if you have a fake Christmas tree, don't do this with the real one. You might be confused about whether it's real or wrong. One time I killed the fake plants in our house when Christy was gone um, because I watered them and they got all moldy. Um, you know, get rid of your 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 fake tree whenever it's appropriate, probably like right after or your real tree. I'm sorry, your real tree right after uh, New Year's. Uh, have you had this experience before? Is it hard to get rid of the real tree? Is that why you go to the fake tree? What do you think, Josh? I'm not too sure. There's a funny clip from Happy Days from the 70s about fake trees I wanted to play for you. Oh, okay. Of course there is. This is Josh Jacobs. Hey, everybody, I want you all to get ready because I brought home a holiday surprise. The Christmas tree. You got the Christmas tree, right? You guessed it. Oh, but it's big and we can decorate it. I'll help you carry it in if you wait till spring. (laughs) I can't wait that long. Besides, you don't have to help me. I got it right here. Howard, what is that? This, Marion, is a boon to mankind, a major breakthrough. And a special this week at Cunningham Hardware. Oh, Dad, not an artificial tree. This is not an artificial tree. This is aluminum. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Howard Cunningham from uh, Happy Days there in the the tree. So what do you think, real tree or fake tree? What's better? 888-528-2557. Ted in L.A., welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Pastor Scott, Ted City of the Angels, Christmas tree expert. Ah, you're How a Christmas you? tree expert. All yes, right, so I what, sold them. You sold, sold them, them for like 16, 16 years. The I real ones or the fake ones? The real ones, and we also painted and flocked them. We sold them to the Raiders, the Lakers. We had a lot of Lakers from the 80s that would come in and buy them. They were famous. It's, uh, you know, right by the, actually next to a mortuary that is now a, a CHP. But that was our Christmas tree lot, and we loved it. It was a community. It, it drawed in everybody from, you know, from Ladera Heights to Culver City to Venice. And, I mean, it was just a, a wonderful, wonderful experience. It was a moving company uh, that was in our neighborhood, and they did it every year. And um, a lot of odd things happened, like people that worked for the mortuary would take fishing fishing uh, poles and, and cast it over to catch a tree and pull it up over the wall and steal them. You know, just a lot of odd things. Wait, people people from the mortuary were stealing your trees? Yeah, they would, because there's the wall was right next to it. And, uh, and I was right by Holy Cross, remember, uh, Holy Cross. Um, cemetery, you know, off of uh, Sentinel there. Yeah, you got to be careful of those funeral directors out there, you know. Uh, yeah, it was it was odd. I think it was just workers that needed to get a deal on a tree, and you know, maybe they <laughs> repented. But uh. <laughs> Ted, you have the most interesting uh, experiences in your life. Not only are you smuggling birds from South America, but <laughs> you you apparently were selling Christmas trees to Kareem Abdul Jabbar. I I actually. Uh, would help uh, Cooper, 
and uh, but I never sold any, sold any of the cream. And uh, cream, quite, well, uh, he's cream. Honestly, he's probably not buying a Christmas tree. How about Magic Johnson? You ever see uh, good old Magic uh, Kurt Rambis? Uh, I met Magic Johnson, and I shared that with you. I, you know, had a poem I wrote for him, and and that was actually at uh, <laughs> that was at uh, a Gold's Gym in Venice. But uh, no, he, he wasn't buying a tree from you. But you wrote. I forgot that you wrote Magic Johnson a poem. Yeah, I did, and then but Kurt Rambis came in. You know, a uh-huh. lot of the Lakers. We were we were, were pretty uh, famous in L.A. Yeah, well, I guess so, but that's gone now. It's all over. It's all gone. The owner's long gone and passed. He was a World War II veteran, and uh, it was uh, called Dean's Christmas Trees. But uh, people know about it. It's uh, it was a, it was an honor and a blessing. Well, my it... parents, my parents never paid for a Christmas tree when I was working there. I bought it. Yeah, or uh, somebody just with a fishing wire pulled it over the wall. Uh, Ted, thanks for calling. The, thanks for calling the Pastor Scott show. <laughs> there's, you know, there's some uh, funeral directors out there going, "Look what I got, free tree!" And uh, there you go. Anyway, uh, I'll take your calls when I come back. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Got to take a break. Priscilla will get your calls. This is the Pastor Scott Show Wednesday edition. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Priscilla in Vista, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Oh, hi there. I listen to you every day. Appreciate you very much. Well, thank you, Priscilla. And Merry, um, and Merry Christmas. Just, Is it too early to say uh-huh. Merry Christmas? Oh, Heck no. It's, Merry Christmas to you, too. It's still November. I don't know. It's a weird. Uh, well, it's been like this extra week no, this and, year. And I, and I listen to Christmas music since before Thanksgiving. I need that. It helps me, you know. Hmm. So <laughs> it, uh, it, it's, We live in California, and our governor's not so hot. So uh, uh, I'll, I'll take whatever <laughs> I can get to make my happy days. And that's, okay. that's about it. But I thought I'd let you know, um, I'm 69 years old. We, we raise all of our kids. We have several grandkids here in California, and we always loved having a fresh tree. It's the smell. I heard you say that. It's uh, it's just a fresh, woodsy smell, and it just always makes me think of Christmas. And to have a fake one, uh, I understand um, It's they're pretty and they're perfect, but I missed I missed that smell and and eventually we couldn't afford the real trees anymore. So here's what we did. My husband had a great idea. There's a lot of the screen uh, Farfetch screen stores and shops and uh, uh, we went and bought it's real. It's because um, we have a smoker that we smoke chicken and jerky and things in the back, but you can actually find the same wood true wood pellets, but they make it into like an incense and you can buy. Uh, oak, fir, hickory, you can buy any kind of incense you want and burn it in huh. the same room, and it is wonderful. And so you can I still mean, get the uh, the Christmas tree smell without the Christmas tree. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I it, it really helped me a lot because I it would almost depress me, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, to put up the tree and, and, and not have that. You come home, you cut off the bottom, you put it in the water right away in the tree stand, right? The real tree. Yeah. And it's just so wonderful. And being that we live in California, a lot of the, the trees that would come all the way from Oregon, the tree would be, uh, it would be dang near dead if you put it up too soon. 
And uh, so, anyway, I just thought I'd throw that out there. You know, that's, uh, a, that's a good cheat for the smell. I think that's a yeah, really good... Well, I'll, I'll go for that rather than spend $150 on a tree. <laughs> I know, they're so expensive now. Uh, Priscilla, thanks for calling and listening to the Pastor oh, Scott Show. Oh, you're very welcome. Yeah, 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. We have gotten, uh, re- like, wreaths that you can buy in the stores that are made of real tree branches, and, and that gives you the smell, actually. Uh, we've had that a few years. I like that. Uh, is it too early to buy a tree? Uh, you know, does it, if you buy it, it's November, right? That's so, that's why I'm thinking, is it too early for Christmas to say Merry Christmas because it's still November or is it, uh, too early for a Christmas tree? I drove, uh, uh, through a Christmas tree lot, not like right through it. I didn't destroy the trees, but I drove, you know, next to it last night, uh, getting some gas for my lovely wife. Um, and, uh, it, um, you know, I thought, is it too early to get those? It's so, you have this extra week. Now between now and uh, and Christmas, you don't want a dead tree. You know, by the time you get around to Christmas, uh, I think. Um, but anyway, what do you think about it? Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven on those things. You know, we had some of the best memories I've had is of the Christmas trees. Actually, and the real ones are are a blast. We used to used to go out with Dad, you know, and get the tree as a kid. One year, my dad splurged. We went to a. There used to be this place called Gemco. Remember Gemco? Uh, Jim, it's a shame that there's no Gemco anymore. Um, and it used to be this monstrous store, just huge. And for back then, there was no Target, right? There was a Kmart, but there was no Target or Walmart. There was, and this, there was Sears, and then there was Gemco. And we bought this tree at Gemco that was so huge, it didn't fit in the house. And we kept cutting off the bottom and cutting off different parts of it. And finally, we just scraped it on the top of the roof. And we had one of those, those ceilings with, uh, that popcorn ceiling stuff that's probably asbestos that flew all through the house. I remember we just scraped up the roof and jammed the tree in the house, finally. And uh, that might be my favorite tree we ever had. In fact, it's stuck in there. It's probably still in that house that I grew up in because we couldn't get it up. 888-528-2557. Fred and Covina, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. How you doing, Pastor? How you doing today? I'm good, Fred. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you for asking um, I just wanted to chime in. Um, I turned you on, and, and you're talking about Christmas trees. We always get a fresh one every year, and as a matter of fact, we just put it up. Um, we always get it the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's the so, tradition. So you, you know, do you go to a regular place to get it every year, or do you look around? You know what? We've been doing the same place, and I'm going to do a little bit of uh, advertising for Lowe's. Oh, okay. We'll have you, a little yeah. sale, and yeah, just. You know, every year we get it from there, and and it's always and it, we never have any issue with it. I mean, when I take it down at the end of December, almost the new year, it's still in really good shape. Still good. All right. All right. Well. Good, oh yeah. Good for you. I think that's a that's a great uh, tradition to do that every year. Something to look forward to. Uh, that and the uh, the leftovers that are still fresh the day after Thanksgiving. Uh, hopefully. Oh yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. All right, Fred. Thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. 528 Does anybody out there, do you go chop down your Christmas tree? Have you ever done that? That's become kind of a thing, right, where there's some Christmas lots where they grow the trees all year, and then you uh, you go and you, I guess you chop down your own tree. Do you bring your own axe? How do you do this? You know, I've actually cut down a tree with an axe before, uh, I'm proud to say. Um, and, uh, you know, 
do you is that how you do it that's i guess if i were really wanting to do this with my kids i think that would be a fun thing to do to actually march out somewhere I, you might have to go somewhere where it's snowy though and uh you know i'm not a big fan of that uh and cut down your tree but there are some lots that do that and that's you know i think kind of a thing that uh, sometimes people do today uh the christmas trees growing up my we actually growing up we my mom did have a fake one and it was up every year even though we got a real one we had uh, two and my mom just loved this fake one. I don't know where she got it. It was it was older than me. We'd had that for many years. And she decorated it exactly the same every single year. Um, and it was had these gold tinsel strings that you would put across and all these uh, you know gold ornaments that you would hang on it. And uh, that was fun. That's not the one that my mother and I put in the fireplace, however. Um, and uh, the other ones. You know, whatever you're doing for Christmas, it is... I think worth it to build some memories as I'm looking kind of at the world today and there's so much emphasis on stuff and tensions going on right now in the world and even in our country. Don't let that get in the way of a Christmas season where you do the holiday stuff, but that you remember Christ, that you remember what your hope really is. You know, the, the, you know, the Christmas the stuff that we do, we sort of force it to be like Jesus, right? And there's gifts, and we think about the wise men, and we think about, you know, but the gifts are really for us, not for Jesus, right? Let's just be honest about that. And there's great things then in symbolism of the tree and the lights and what those things mean. You can, and I don't think it's wrong to actually take those things and say, hey, this should remind us of the Christmas story. Take an effort to do that. And Whatever your traditions are with Christmas, real tree or fake tree or the lights around the house. Oh, that's another thing, lights around the house. Um, some people go nuts you know, with that. I had a neighbor who left his lights on all year. Did you do that? In fact, I just talked to somebody here who had his lights on all year, and he was thrilled when he plugged them in uh, over the weekend, and they still work. Uh, that's a win because one of our neighbors who keeps them up all year, he took them down right after Thanksgiving. And I thought, why do you leave them up all year only to take them down a month before? That's like you you lost the victory there. Anyway, whatever your traditions are, uh, make sure that this is a special time. It's worth it to be with family and friends. It's maybe worth, you know, going out with your friends and family and getting a meal somewhere and sacrificing a present or two just to have the experience of being with somebody. Or go to some neighborhood where everybody is forced to put up Christmas lights and people walk through it, and it's amazing. It's a lot of fun. Bring some hot chocolate Take some time to do that with a friend or with your family. And I would encourage you to enjoy the season. There are so many things going on that are not enjoyable about the world today. But when you take a moment and just enjoy something today that you can do today, it really helps with the rest of things in life. And it helps focus you on back on Christ, back on the, the hope that we have that is everlasting in Jesus Christ, the reason that we have this holiday, the reason that I think this holiday is forced on us. I think that the the fact that it's tied so so strongly to global economy, actually, Christmas, you know, businesses go out of business, the economy collapses if you got rid of Christmas. I think God has done that on purpose to force us to at least acknowledge that there's a little baby Jesus who came in the world and that peace on earth comes from that baby Jesus, not from any politician or any way of thinking other than the gospel. And in the midst of all that is a season where you have extra festivities and extra fun to go do. And take advantage of that. Make it a special time. Don't let the things that you can't control in your life or the things that you can't do anything about, the things that you can't control, 
Don't let those things ruin the joy that you can have today. Don't let those things that you might be going through a really rough time right now for various reasons. And that's something you got to deal with every single day. And I know that. But one of the great ways to deal with that is to make sure that you do something every day that you enjoy. It's okay to do that. And in doing that, you're saying, I'm not going to let the things I can't control or the things that, you know, are just so difficult ruin the joy that I can have today. And you might, it might be hard to find joy today, but find it somewhere. And Christmas decorations, the Christmas trees, the different things like that, that's a really good way to do that. Even if you're enjoying somebody else's trees, even if you are enjoying the lights in your neighborhood or something else, it's completely worth it. And then, and then focus on Christ and make sure that you realize that your hope comes from him. And the hope is not in getting something uh, for Christmas or the hope is not in whatever election is going to happen next year and all the stuff that's coming up and all the stuff that's going on in the world that's scary. God's in control. He never lost control. He's not confused by it at all. Hey, this is the Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back with Hour 2 as the Wednesday edition continues. Follow me at Pastor Scott Show on socials. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.